0: blog, talk, radio, it's the burger shop, it's the the burger shop podcast, the one that you heard about, talking sports media, buzz and the word of mouth, social is the currency, seeing what the buzz will be, talking sports and culture, you never know what'll be, coming next. Because that's the type of podcast you listen to. How about a hyper? Brands, who the man? Yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes. Walking through the storefront. Listen to the broadcast. touches almost anything. Sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man right ahead of his time. On your podcast, you can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast. Here comes your host. The Burger Shop. Now live from coast to coast. In any way you want to do it, listen to the show. Ryan got the insights. The Burger Shop, you know?
1: going on, everybody. It is Wednesday night, a special Inside the Burger Shop podcast, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., a special Talking NCAA Sweet 16 preview. We'll be joined shortly by our guest, the great Adam Zagoria, one of the great uh, media members when it comes to hoops coming out of New Jersey, fantastic haircut, tons of Tons of activity going on over the past couple weeks with zags between high school hoops and of course everything in college. We will quickly connect with Adam who I know has a big tennis match coming up in just a couple minutes so we're able to grab him for just a little bit. Of course thanks to everybody for listening to our Inside the Burger Shop podcast discussion at the intersection of sports marketing, technology, entertainment and more. I'm Ryan Berger taking you through the next hour of Talking Hoops and Talking and influencer marketing and a number of, of other things. Um, we are smack in the middle of March, which of course means really only one thing, and that's March Madness. We are pretty much halfway through what I believe is the best uh, tournament and sporting event out there, and we will touch on a number of those things with Adam shortly. Before we bring Adam on, I, of course, want to thank our sponsors, uh, Hyper. Hyper is the world's largest influencer marketing platform in the world with over 10 million influencers on their database. You could find out more information about Hyper at hyprbrands.com. We also, of course, have our second partner, the Crowds Lion. Head over to thecrowdsline.com. Make your prediction today. Win all kinds of free items, gift cards, and whatnot. Predict the scores on tomorrow night's Sweet 16 games. Of course, the Elite 8 over the weekend. And our buddies down at. PETA Express, 15 Ann Street, the best Mediterranean food in New York City. Head down down, let them know that you listen to the podcast, get your hummus on, get some great chicken, PETA, etc. Let Billy Kotler know that we sent you the PETA Express, 15 Ann Street, down in the financial district of Manhattan. And without further ado, I'd like to bring on my guy. I've known Adam for a very long time. He covered me when I was playing high school hoops, which I guess makes both of us pretty old, and now he's uh, a big-time media member talking a lot of uh, hoops. You could catch him, actually, usually behind Jim Nance, I guess, was last week when I was watching the games and saw Zags behind Jim Nance. Zags, appreciate you spending some time with us today. How's everything? Adam, are you there? Hi, Adam. Are you there? It's a bummer. I see you there. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You how are you? I can hear What's you now. On, can you buddy? hear us? How are you doing? Yes, we're doing, how are you great, doing great, man. Doing great. Just gave you a big introduction and talked about what you've been up to. Were you able to hear all that?
2: I did, buddy. I appreciate it. How are you doing?
1: We're doing great, man. We're doing great. I saw your, you were in that fantastic head of hair, I guess, right behind Jim Nance <laughs> over the weekend. Uh Give us a sense of what your schedule has been looking like since obviously I know it 's been crazy we 're halfway through March madness uh Give us a sense of sort of what you 've been up to and then we could talk about the tournament and and uh what you think may happen.
2: yeah, I was in Indianapolis, Ryan for you know the weekend, and uh you know it was exciting Kentucky was there, Louisville was there, Michigan, which might be the team of destiny was there um you know there was a lot, a lot of talk about. Tom Crean, because Tom Crean was fired on Thursday before the tournament even started. Uh, so I had a story in today's New York Times about that, how, you know, it's kind of interesting because all the coaches from Petino to Greg Marshall to even Billy Donovan and Steve Alford were all asked about the Tom Crean thing. So it was pretty interesting in Indianapolis. And then I'll be here in New York this weekend, and then I'll be at the Final floor next week.
1: So let's start with Indiana, a team and a school very near and dear to me and my family. Uh brother was a, a graduate of Indiana and was there during the night uh, upheaval and the uh, I guess the brought in of, of Mike Davis, which has now led to... Um, Crayon and now obviously a, a new coach coming in. What are you hearing about what's going on in Bloomington? Obviously the Steve Alford uh, rumors have started, which was expected. You know, What are you hearing? Are they going to go after Alford with everything, or do they have a group of guys that they want to talk to? What are you sensing the coming out of Bloomington?
2: Well, I mean, I think there's kind of two schools of thought there. One is, you know, you got to get somebody from the Bobby Knight tree, Um, and that would obviously include Steve Alford. The athletic director, Fred Glass, um, seems to be in that camp. He was an undergraduate at Indiana uh, when Knight won his second championship in 1981. So I expect that they'll target Steve Alford. You know, the other school of thought or the other camp is you just get the best coach available. He doesn't have to be an Indiana guy. You know, and that would include guys like Greg Marshall and Chris Mack and, Chris Holtman or Archie Griffin, Archie Miller. I mean, sorry, um, but I expect they're going to go after Steve Alford, and it won't be cheap, right? Because his buyout at UCLA is 7.8 million this year. You have to pay Tom Queen a four million dollar buyout. That's 12 million, and then you have to pay the new coach three to four million a year. So that's you know 15 million just to start. But it doesn't sound like money is an object for them. Um, I think you know, as soon as UCLA loses, which could be as early as Friday against Kentucky or Sunday against North Carolina, you'll hear a lot of talk about you know Alfred maybe going back to Indiana. And you know, it kind of makes sense his son Bryce Alfred, is going to graduate, Lonzo Balls going to go to the NBA draft, so um, it sort of it's, would sort of make a lot of sense for him to leave that.
1: It'll be really interesting to see what, to see what happens. And, you know, you you talked about UCLA. So why don't, why don't we start there? Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about Lonzo Ball. I'm sure you've seen my tweets as a Knicks fan. Lose them all for Ball trying to get everybody. You know, but obviously I don't think the Knicks have much of a chance for this guy. He's incredibly special. Reminds me very much of Jason Kidd with a jump shot. Um, big game Friday night, 9:39 tip-off against Kentucky. UCLA hasn't started strong in both their games against uh, Kent and Cincinnati, but came back with a vengeance in the second half, especially against Cincinnati. Ball Absolutely sensational Uh, What do you expect in that game I mean Kentucky is unbelievably young But frankly almost every team at at this point Is really young Um, Young freshman backcourt Big time NBA players in that backcourt Interesting coaching matchup What do you sort of expect to see In that Kentucky UCLA matchup
2: Well I mean first of all Ryan I wish this game was in New York And not in Memphis Um, You know I think that the New York bracket is, uh, you know, the, the East region is kind of a dumpster fire at this point. You know, everybody was expecting Villanova-Duke, and they're both out. So the games at the Garden are not quite as appealing. You know, I have a credential to go to Memphis, but I think i have just going to end up staying here. Um, as for the game, look, UCLA beat Kentucky at Rupp earlier this year. I think it was 97-92, if I'm not mistaken. It was a high-scoring game. Both teams get up and down the floor. It should be a really fun, entertaining game. You know, I picked UCLA in my bracket to get to the final, so I'm going to stick with them. Um, And I think, again, it'll be interesting because whoever loses that game, both teams have a bunch of one and done. and whoever loses, there'll be speculation right after the game or the next day about either the UCLA freshman or the Kentucky freshman going to the NBA draft, and it'll be you know, it'll be a very bitter ending for whichever team loses. And then whoever wins that game is probably going to have to turn around and play North Carolina on Sunday, assuming Carolina beats Butler. So, it's a, you know, this is kind of the bracket of death there in that South region.
1: You know, I'm sure those guys are all going pro. I mean, guys just go pro. You saw the announcement. I'm sure of the Cian Hall kids. It's sort of at this point hard for these well, kids to stay. They haven't,
2: the have they haven't they hired an C&Hall agent. Guys. No, I, I'm. Yeah, but there's. But you know, I'm not whether they're going to test yet. But yeah.
1: Yeah. So, but you know, obviously, you're gonna you know those kids, the the guards in that game specifically, you know, are going to go. So you, you get you get that. You know, you mentioned Carolina, and you know, and obviously, I think you know everyone thinks they'll they'll beat Butler, but we've seen a lot crazier things before we get to that game. You know, you mentioned Kentucky, and uh, if they lose, it'll be very bitter. You know, the takeaway I had, and I actually like Kentucky in the game Friday night against UCLA, and the reason why I like them is they showed me something that I haven't seen all year, and they played. I thought the best defense I've seen in the tournament against Wichita State, they they locked them up, which then the kid McDuffie from New Jersey, who you and I know well, really couldn't do anything. I was incredibly impressed by Kentucky's dedication and Calipari's defense, which I haven't seen the last couple of years out of Kentucky. They're usually so talented that they really, really aren't so, so good on defense. But I saw them play some unbelievable defense uh, uh, the other night against Wichita in that game, and thinking if they can bring that same kind of defensive intensity that they're going to be able you know, to get by. And then you get Carolina, most likely, who frankly was really lucky to get by Arkansas, um, losing by five in the second half, obviously pounded the boards at the end, got a couple loose balls, and frankly, as as Roy said, got a little bit of luck. Um, do you like Carolina coming out of that bracket, or are you going to stay with your UCLA pick?
2: Yeah, I mean, I picked UCLA, so I'm going to – I mean, you make a great point about the defense. Uh, you know, I think it was Malik Monk. I was right there. Of course, I got the block on um, – was that Landry Shamit? Or I guess he got the block on McDuffie, and then Schammett yeah. couldn't get a shot off at the end. Um, but Landry Shamot really was Wichita State's best player in that He's game. He's special. He a, He's special. He might be a, a future NBA guy. But, you know, the, the key, I think, to beating Kentucky – that game was played to Wichita State's tempo. It was a slower tempo, more of a half-court game played in the 60s. You know, UCLA and Kentucky are going to get up and down the floor, and it's going to be in the 80s or 90s or whatever. So that could go either way, but I still like UCLA. Uh, as for Carolina Butler, look, Butler beat Villanova. Villanova had three losses this year before the tournament. Two of them were to Butler. Chris Holtman is a tremendous coach, and you can never count out Butler. Matt um, said, "I just think North Carolina is too deep um, and too uh, experienced a team. Their the front court, between Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks, Tony Bradley, they just have a lot of big, you know, important, impressive guys in the front court. Uh, so I, I think you'll see North Carolina, um, and then that whoever wins that Kentucky-UCLA game against, assuming it's Carolina on Sunday, that should be great."
1: It will be, and we're talking to the great Adam Zagoria. You can follow Adam, one of the really good followers on Twitter, at Adam, Z-A-G-O-R-I-A, at Adam Zagoria. You mentioned Nova, so let's move over to the East. No, I am not someone who bought into Villanova this year. I didn't. I thought this year reminded me a lot of a lot of the Jay Wright teams with zero size in the middle. I thought they missed the Sheffu tremendously throughout the, the regular season and certainly in the in the in the in the tournament. Um, you know, very lucky to get by Cian Hall in the in the Big East. They reminded me very much of the last couple of years of Jay Wright's teams, except for last year when they won. So they were obviously ranked incredibly high. But frankly, the the, the the DiVincenzo kids save them over and over again. With how talented and how aggressive he was with shooting the ball, taking it to the basket. You know, what is your sense on now that Villanova's season over? Obviously, defending champs. It's not easy to win it again. But you know, do you feel similar in the sense that he's got to go back to recruiting big kids? Obviously, Jason Frazier a couple of years ago, but losing a big this year, they really had nobody to replace the Sheffield.
2: Look, I had Villanova repeating, uh, you know, I had them going back to the final and I think really that was more of a function of Wisconsin being an eight seed. It was just a brutal matchup in the second round. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks Wisconsin is an eighth seed and I expect Wisconsin to come out of that East region now that Duke and Villanova are gone. Um, you know, I don't think that's why Villanova lost. I mean, they won, 30 games or whatever during the season. And I don't think they lost because they didn't have Ochef. I mean, obviously this team, this year's team, is not the same as last year. They didn't have Ochef. They didn't have Archie Diacono. You know, they do have the kid, Omari Spellman, who's a 6'9", 6'10", big kid, who can also shoot the threes, who would have been eligible this year but had uh, academic issues so had to sit out. And we'll never know how their team would have looked if he'd been able to play. He'll be back next year. Um, but, you know, you got to give – I know people like to rip on Bill and all, they, they have lost um, now in the first week a lot of years, except for last year when they won it all. But those seniors are going to go out, Josh Hart, Daryl Reynolds, Chris Jenkins having won two Big East tournament titles, four Big East regular season titles, and a national championship. And, you know, there's very few people who can match that college resume.
1: Yeah, no, big time, incredible, absolutely, just an incredible run for for those seniors, you know, you mentioned Wisconsin, I, I love Bucky, big Wisconsin guy, I love how they run their offense, I love the patience, Koenig is unbelievable, I don't remember the last guy I've seen who makes shots like this, or when the clock runs down, the amount of times in the last 10 seconds that he gets the ball, um, I think I completely agree with you. There was three or four teams that were misseeded in a very bad way. Wisconsin is absolutely one of them. Second in the Big Ten, second in the Big Ten tournament, an eight seed is absurd yeah, for them.
2: Wichita State, yeah. Wichita State. was also shouldn't have been a ten.
1: Horrendous. Joke. Horrendous. There are four or five. No. No. No question. Um, I actually think Florida is a tough team. They don't get a ton of credit. Young coach, new coach, they're going to give Wisconsin all they can handle. The Garden will be a really interesting place, obviously. The ticket market has collapsed a little bit, but uh, not having Duke and Nova here. But in the other game... Um, you know Baylor, South Carolina, two teams that I think a lot of people expected to not be there, even though Baylor's a three they got there. The, the tough game against USC after blowing out New Mexico State. You know, South Carolina is really an interesting team. They've got a ton of bodies. They play as, as good defense as you you can see in the tournament. They 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 physically manhandled Duke. And, and and while we're on that, let's just touch on Duke for a second. You know how many times do I have to watch the same tournament where Duke gets manhandled by these big guys they continue to recruit you know sort of thinner smaller you know kids that just don't seem to be able to bang and every time that they lose in these tournaments they seem to lose the same way they struggled most of the year and then turned it on the last couple weeks when Kay got back you know give us a sense of what you saw from Duke obviously a up and down year with Grayson Allen. I'm sure they're going to lose Jason Tatum, um, maybe Harry Giles. Give us a sense of what you saw from Duke this year and what you expect um, with the draft. Yeah, I mean, there's a
2: lot to unpack there, Ryan. I mean, look, I was at the ACC tournament last week in Brooklyn, and you know, Duke won four games in four days, and they beat you know Louisville and North Carolina, and every you know everyone who was there, including myself was writing columns and stories about, oh, this is the Duke, you know, everyone expected. This is the preseason number one team. You know, Jason Tatum looks incredible. He was scored 20 points, I think, in every, you know, or more in every game there. Harry Giles looked a little bit like his old self. Uh, They had Luke Tenard and Grayson Allen. So you came out of Brooklyn thinking, wow, this Duke team is going to be back here in New York um, in two weeks playing in the final against Villanova, which, you know, it was the first time in New York history that two major conference finals were played the same night. Villanova won the Big East, Duke won the ACC. And now here we are two weeks later and both teams are gone. Uh, I think, you know, again, it was a little bit of a tough deal where those games, if you'll recall, were originally supposed to be played in the NCAA tournament in North Carolina, but because of the, you know, the bathroom law down there, they moved the games to South Carolina. So South Carolina was effectively playing a home game against Duke. And they just, you know, ran him out of the gym. Um, And now, yes, today, Jason Tatum declared for the draft. I expect Harry Giles to declare. Luke Kennard and Grayson Allen, I'm told, are up in the air. If if I'm Luke Kennard, I'd go. He's projected at number 20 on Draft Express. His stock probably won't get much higher than that. You know, Grayson Allen, you know, he probably should come back. But, you know, they're going to be a different team. They're going to lose two or three or four guys to the NBA. You know, they bring in a bunch of more blue-chippers next year, but if you're Coach K and the Duke guys, you have to be bitterly disappointed because again, they were preseason number one. Everyone thought they were going to be loaded and make a run, and they're out, you know, in the before the Sweet 16. And now, going forward, you'll have a question of what can South Carolina do as an encore? You know, can they get back up to beat a really good Baylor team? Um, you know, it should be a fun game. Both teams pretty athletic, but you know, I mean, let's be honest, it's just not as sexy a regional as any of the other regionals.
1: No question, and even though it's at the Garden, it's sort of, you know, the amount of people that I'm sure we're looking at Villanova Duke or in, or at least one of those teams, and to get none of them is obviously disappointing for a lot of alumni in the tri-state area who I'm sure were, uh, were ready to wear their sweaters and their jerseys and, and, and you know, root on to their, to their team, and I want to move over uh, to the Midwest, Ags, I know you, we only have you for a couple more minutes before you have to go out and ace a couple people in tennis. Are you playing doubles, or is that Singles you're playing tonight?
2: Yeah, I play doubles. We have about 12 guys up here in Westchester. We get a couple courts and play doubles and then go out and drink a couple soda pops afterwards.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun, and, and that sounds like a ton of fun. So let's move over to the yeah. Midwest. um you know, my pick to actually get out of the Midwest from the beginning was Purdue. Um, you know, they they blew out Iowa State, and obviously Iowa State made an incredible run to make that game close, and then the point guard hit a, a gigantic three to 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 shut that down and win the game. And they get Kansas, uh, a team that obviously was the opposite of Duke and and uh, Nova, who who lost in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, now is come up with two really good performances in the tournament. Kansas-Purdue is one of the big, I would say, is the premier game in the Midwest and potentially the rest of the Sweet 16. Do you think Purdue has a shot there? What are your thoughts on that game?
2: Yeah, I think that's maybe kind of an underrated game. I don't know everyone's talking about the uh, Kentucky-UCLA game, but, look, I mean, there are three or four, maybe five teams that I think everyone still feels, you know, could win it, and Kansas is certainly one of them. You know, they have a very experienced backcourt in Frank Mason and Devontae Graham. Um, Josh Jackson's going to be a top five pick. Purdue is going to be a handful for anybody with those two big guys, Isaac Haas and Caleb Swanigan, who's uh, a Naismith finalist. So um, Kansas's big guys, Landon Lucas and the other big guys, you know, really going to have their hands full down low with those two guys. But I think in the end, you know, games are decided by the guards, and, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to pick anybody's, guards over the Kansas guards in this tournament so um, you know I'll take them and then the other, I think the other game there is Oregon Michigan and I wouldn't you know I had just have a feeling that this Michigan team I wrote a column in Indianapolis are they the team of destiny you know they got something special going on there after the plane crash even before it they've won seven games in a row now their last five wins over MTA tournament teams so I'd watch out for that Michigan team
1: yeah, no, and, and, and that game, to me, actually has the best coaching matchup. The two best coaches, in my mind, are that game, uh, Dana Altman and, and John Beline, two just brilliant, you know, college coaches. One, one thing on Purdue, uh, you know, Haas is interesting, big kid, but he actually, you know, a lot of times comes off the bench. The kid that is really good and who I, is the kid Edwards, the small forward uh, slash shooting guard. He's been huge, and he's going to have to play gigantic in that game, probably matched up with Josh Jackson, you know, Kansas and I'm not a big Mr. February Bill Self guy, credit to my guy Adam Schein, But I could see this game being very, very tough, and I think the key matchup is that Josh Jackson and Edwards matchup. Now, on the Oregon-Michigan game, a very, very interesting game, two totally different systems. Oregon, we saw with Rhode Island, and geez, you know, you and I have been obviously involved in the St. Anthony's thing. I've had those guys on the show a couple times. I went and saw them play against uh, Hudson Catholic a couple weeks ago down at the rack. That loss by Rhode Island and Danny Hurley, and I watched that game with my dad. We couldn't believe they blew that lead. You know, that's got to be a sickening feeling (laughs) for Hurley leaving that game, huh?
2: Yeah, it's funny. I texted with Danny yesterday or whatever, and I asked him how he was holding up, and he said, you know, he couldn't be better. And, uh, you know, so I think he was feeling pretty good. But, yeah, they did have a big lead in that game. And, look, the whole Hurley – Mystique is a great story. Bobby was there watching the game. The games were in Sacramento where obviously Bobby played his career. Hmm. And plus you have the, the whole subplot of St. Anthony's might be closing its doors and going out of business. And, you know, Bob Hurley was at the games watching. And, you know, I wrote a bunch of stories, and one of which, you know, said if Rhode Island made a run, it could possibly help St. Anthony's financially and raise awareness of the school. Uh, but I mean, I think it's just great that Danny made his first NCAA tournament. You know, they they won the A10, and uh, you know that's that's a good start for them.
1: No question. No question. We're talking to Adam Zagoria. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Adam Zagoria, Z-A-G-O-R-A. Adam writes for his blog, Zag's blog, as well as a number of different outlets. And before we let you go, I want to touch on the West. Obviously, the number one seed out there, Gonzaga, um, started both games, Kind of, uh, started the South Dakota State game very slow, started the Northwestern game fast, and then obviously Northwestern came back. An interesting bracket there, Games you have Gonzaga to one against a four seed West Virginia, who um, who put a what I thought a pretty good hurting on Notre Dame after Notre Dame barely got by Princeton. I, I had Princeton in that game. I thought Princeton would be able to get by Notre Dame. They just about did. Missed a shot at the buzzer. Now that's an interesting game, that Gonzaga West Virginia game, huh? Who do you like there?
2: Well, before we get, you know, I'll just throw out what I find fascinating too is you mentioned Beeline as a coach before. I think it's fascinating that you have four or five really great coaches who have never won an NCAA championship still alive in this event, including, you know, Bob Huggins at West Virginia, Sean Miller at Arizona, Beeline at Michigan, Mark Few at Gonzaga. You, know, you could throw in Chris Mack at Xavier. I mean, these are some of the best coaches in the game yet to, have, yet to win a title, and um, all of them are still alive. And, you know, you yeah. have an interesting debate about – who, who is the best coach yet to yet to win it? I think, you know, probably it comes down to maybe Bob Huggins and Sean Miller. You know, Bob Huggins has won more than 800 games, never won a championship. Sean Miller, considered a great coach, never been to a Final Four. And Mark Fear, we all know what he's done at Gonzaga. Um, he's never won one either. And three of these coaches are in the same region. So only one of them is going to emerge, you know, out of the Final Four. And, to me, that's a really fascinating subplot.
1: It is. No, it's interesting. And I so, as Dana Altman, I'm a big big believer in Altman. I think he's a great coach, and I love Beeline. It, it should be great. You know, Gonzaga with Few and against Huggins and West Vaz, a super interesting game. You know, I'd pick Gonzaga to go really far uh, to the Final Four because I don't think a lot of people did, and I run a pool of about 120 people. So, you know, you think about who everybody's going to have and who you may have. It's a little bit different, you know, I can't really get my head wrapped around Gonzaga because frankly i'm not a believer in them uh, I don't love their their their, their roster um, and I certainly don't love the who they play competition wise I understand they beat Iowa state and, and stuff but you know what do you think from, about gonzaga do you think they beat West Virginia here, or do you think they West Virginia and Huggy moves on well
2: I think I think West Virginia is a very tough matchup I mean. They were up 10 nothing on Notre Dame there before, you know, Mike Brady knew what hit him, And, hmm. you know, they play a very unique style. And if you're not used to that, it's, it's going to be very tough. Now, that said, the, the key to the press is obviously good guards who can handle the ball and, and, you know, negotiate the press. And they have Nigel Williams, Goss, you know, one of the best players in the country, um, you know, Zach Collins. So they have experienced players. So they should be okay with that, but you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I guess I pick Gonzaga. You know, gun to my head, I think you'll probably see an Arizona-Gonzaga final there. But uh, that West Virginia press is is really tough to handle.
1: I love Zach Collins, a big freshman from Las Vegas. You know, he doesn't play a ton because you obviously have Kranuski there. Although he, in the big spot, crunch time. Uh, last game, Northwestern making the run, Collins got the run, so few knows who obviously has the talent and who he wants to go down with. The big kid is obviously very, very bulky. I don't see the big kid being able to play much on the, against West Virginia. I don't know how he's going to be able to come up with that pace and go up and down, so I expect to see a lot of Zach Collins in that game. The other game is interesting, obviously, two great coaches. I, I love Chris Mack at Xavier going up against Arizona, or Sean Miller going up against his old school you know, Arizona you know for a long time this year I didn't believe in Arizona and the game that changed my mind was really what they did in the Pac-12 uh semifinals and finals I became a huge believer in a lot of their guys and I became a really big fan of the big kid marketing now, he reminds me very very much of, of of Porzingis in a way where he's big he can shoot he takes the ball to the basket he's got a nasty streak you know then you watch them this year. You know, they, they, they had a lot of you know, the kid from New York, Alkins. They had a lot of kids who couldn't really make a lot of shots. Obviously, the Trier being back is huge for them. You know, they're good. They're really, really good. Um, how, how good do you think they are?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, everything you said is 100% right there, Ryan. I mean, Lowry Markkinen, uh 7th footer. I talked to an NBA scout about a week ago who said, asked, you know, is the best college prospect, your NBA prospect in college from Finland, and, you know, because he plays on the West Coast and people don't see him as much, maybe he doesn't get as much love as some guys, but I'll tell you what, the NBA guys love Lowry Markkinen. I talked to one NBA guy who said they had him, I think, number five on their board, Um, and then the age of guys like Carl Anthony Towns and um, Porzingis, you know, seven-footers who can run and shoot and do everything, he certainly fits into that mold. Um, You know, another interesting subplot to this game. I'll just go ahead and plug my story. I wrote a story column today on fanragsports.com about Luke Murray, obviously the son of Bill Murray, uh, and kind of how he got involved in basketball going to the ABCD camp, which you and I both know from New Jersey. Um, You know, he was just raised kind of hanging out there. And one of the first guys who befriended him there was Book Richardson, uh, who's now an assistant in Arizona. So, You have a big connection there between the Xavier staff and the Arizona staff um, because, obviously, Sean Miller was the coach at Xavier. Chris Mack was his assistant. Luke Murray knows both Sean Miller and Chris Mack. And he told me Bill Murray, you know, his father roots for Arizona when they're not playing Xavier and that Bill Murray's going to be at the game. So, you know, I'm a big, big Bill Murray fan, so that was an interesting story to me.
1: Very cool. Very interesting. So, so it sounds to me like you are in the camp of Wisconsin out of the East, Kansas out of the Midwest, North Carolina out of the South, and I guess you like who, who, who's your pick out of the West? West well, Virginia I or said, Gonzaga, I or
2: Arizona? Said, I said UCLA out of the South. Oh, that's right. I'm there, sorry. That's right. And I picked so, Arizona in my bracket. My my original Final Four was. Villanova, Arizona, Kansas, UCLA, and I have three of those. I still believe in three of those four, obviously.
1: So the Zag's prediction here we got Wisconsin. Kansas, UCLA, and Arizona coming out of the Final Four. And then on the Indiana side, you're going to go with Alford, huh? You think that once this thing sort of finishes and Alford becomes the, the main target and, uh, and yeah, I mean, they, I they mean, grab him?
2: Yeah, I mean, there are people out there who think that it, you know, if it's not done already, that you know the back channels have started discussions and uh, I think he's their number one target. And I think that after, at some time after UCLA loses, you'll see that happen, and then the you know then the question will be who gets UCLA. That's obviously a big time job. I'm not sure there's a real natural fit. I know somebody on Twitter I forget who was touting. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the Phoenix Suns coach Earl Watson, and you know you could see maybe Mark Few there, but I think he likes his life in in Washington. You know I don't know if a Billy Donovan. You know, considers UCLA, but that's obviously a big-time prestigious job that, that would be open if, if Steve Alford leaves. Yeah, and there's a
1: guy I'd like to throw his hat in the ring uh, for the UCLA job, and it's, uh, and it's Lonzo Ball's father. Who uh, who clearly thinks that he's not only the best uh, player in the world but potentially knows more about the sport. So before we let you go, you know I know you you cover high school hoops. I've gotten back into the high school scene a little bit in New Jersey. I've watched some great games. I saw how good the Patrick School is uh, a couple times, and the Roselle Catholic, a Hudson Catholic. My son plays AAU with uh, Javon Quinterly's brother, so I've seen Javon play, and he he he's really special. But you know, give us a sense of what these ball kids are about. You know, how good are they? The stuff I've seen and um, especially that Lamella doesn't look as good as Lonzo. You know, give us a sense of what you've seen. Have you seen Chino Hills in person? You know, your sense of just the father and, and some of the outlandish comments and uh, give us a sense of the ball family on a whole. Well
2: I mean there's a lot going on there. Obviously the father continues to kind of make headlines. I think the latest thing was he called out LeBron, LeBron James's son, and LeBron made some comments about keep my family and my son's name out of your mouth. So, you know, when you're pissing off LeBron, that, that's not great. Mm-hmm. You know, look, he, he's got confidence in his son. He said he said Lonzo's going to be better than Steph Curry. He wants Lonzo to go play for the Lakers. And it reminds me a little bit. You know, I'm a big tennis guy of Richard Williams, who once told the world that his two daughters Venus and Serena were going to be number one in the world, and that's Arena would be better than Venus, um, and he raised these kids on public outdoor hard courts in Compton, California, and everything he said became 100% true. So, um, you know, maybe maybe LeVar Ball sees something we don't, uh, or we don't all see completely, and Lonzo goes out to do these things, but he is talking a lot of smack, and I think it's interesting for UCLA that if they do make a run here, they've got multiple distractions, right? I mean, they got the he evolved Indiana story. They got LeBar Ball talking left and right about his son. And then there was a report that, you know, the mother, Tina Ball, had a stroke, and Lonzo was asked on the podium about it, and he said it's a family situation. And, you know, so there's a lot going on around Lonzo Ball and that team. And uh, if they lose, some people will say they were distracted by those things. And if they win, they'll say they overcame that. Well, there's a lot
1: of stuff to watch next couple of days. I know I can't wait. I'm sure you can't wait either. New York will be hopping. The other venues will be hopping, and certainly uh, I know that your Twitter feed will be hopping as well. Zags, thanks for the time today. Enjoy the tennis tonight, and I will catch up with you shortly. All right,
2: Ryan. Thanks, buddy. Take it easy.
1: Be well. That's the great. Adam Zagoria, a guy I've known for a very long time. He covered uh, my high school team my brother and I over at Wayne Hills High School and our state championship in uh, 1995. And Zag's one of the great high school, uh, college uh, basketball writers, not just out of New Jersey, but uh, national media now. You can follow Zag's at Adam Zagoria on Twitter. Uh, he writes for his own blog as well as another uh, several other outlets. So thanks to Adam for coming on and spending 30 minutes with us talking hoops there's nothing better than hoops there's nothing better than the next four days you got a ton of big games leading up to the final four on sunday night so thanks to adam for coming on i hope everybody enjoys the games this weekend should be a lot of fun i appreciate everybody listening of course you could subscribe to the podcast on itunes at inside the burger shop enjoy the weekend everybody and as my man mad dog russo likes to say adios
0: the burger shop podcast the one that you heard about talking sports media buzz and the word of mouth social is the currency seeing what the buzz will be talking sports and culture you never know what'll be coming next Cause that's the type of podcast you listen to. Powered by the hyper brand, who the man? Yo, Ryan at the forefront. Got it on my iTunes. Walking through the storefront, listen to the broadcast. He touches almost anything: sports, culture, media, technology, and marketing. So listen to the man, right ahead of his time. On your podcast, you can download or listen live. So here comes the podcast, here comes your host, the Burger Shop, now live from coast to coast. And any way you wanna do it, listen to the show. Ryan got the insights. The Burger Shop, you know.